Hey everybody, this is Pastor Court Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. And I want to get right into my teaching this morning. I do want to give honor to my husband. I'm always a little bit nervous when I'm speaking in front of him. And I, I probably won't use him for an, an illustration today because then I, that's, that's really dangerous ground. But I do appreciate him sitting in here this morning. And all of you esteemed elders that are usually teaching this class, I feel like I'm in the presence of giants this morning. And so I'm thankful for this opportunity. Um, I'm going to do some crowd participation a little bit this morning. I've got some people helping me. But um, we sing the Word of God, we read the Word of God, and we are going to talk about praying the Word of God today. And this may be so elementary. Some of y'all are so, so far ahead of the game here. So you could teach me some things about praying the Word. But we're just going to talk a little bit about praying the Word. How many of you like to um, learn new concepts that can empower you. And uh, I'm going to be talking from the Old Testament to the New today, not from Genesis to Revelation, but I am going to be talking from both, both Testaments today. But um, we, we sang this morning one of his songs, so I want to talk to you a little bit about David, okay? A blood-curdling scream ripped through the palace. Servants scrambled. Advisors were sent for. The king was in torment. Night after restless night, the attacks came. And then the days became just as severe. There was no rest for King Saul. He was the leader of Israel, and he was under attack. How many of you know our leaders are under attack? Magicians, wise men, nor doctors could help him. But across the valley, a young man tended his father's sheep. His singing and harp playing lured the lambs to sleep and kept the wild beast at bay. The people of the valley began to look forward to the nightly serenade of the young shepherd boy. Mothers would rock their babies to his peaceful melodies. Herdsmen watched their troubled cattle mellow down as the first note of the evening would drift across the field. Many nights as he sang, a fever would break, an argument would end, and peace would reign. The news of the king's woe spread quickly throughout the kingdom. Worry filled the hearts of the people of Israel. And one evening, perhaps as a, the tender voice accompanied by the sweet harp wafted through an open window, a weary mother watched her restless child relax and go to sleep. Her worried mind spoke out loud. If only King Saul could hear the shepherd boy inside the walls of his palace. Stunned, her husband looked at her with wonder. Could this be the answer? And so, a quiet idea led a shepherd boy to the palace. 
Let's read 1 Samuel 16, 21 through 23. And David came to Saul and stood before him. And he loved him greatly and became his armor bearer. And Saul went, sent to Jesse, saying, Let David, I pray thee, stand before me, for he hath found favor in my sight. And it came to pass, when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Isn't that neat that David became Saul's spiritual armor bearer. Now, you'll never read where David went into battle with King Saul and carried his armor. As we, you know, we think about Goliath's armor bearer and we think about an armor bearer going forward with the shield to protect the soldier. But he guarded the king in the spirit, chasing evil spirits from his soul. So David's first assignment after being anointed he was sent back to the field to tend the sheep. But his first assignment was as King Saul's armor bearer. I want to talk to us this morning about being an armor bearer. Our pastors need spiritual armor bearers. They are under direct attack 24-7. And this lesson today is going to be multifaceted. It's not only do I hope to explain how we can be an armor bearer to the man of God in our life, but I want to demonstrate how easy it is to pray the word, to insert names into the word of God and pray. The word of God cannot fail. It will, re it will not return void. It is forever settled. So if you can learn how to insert the names of your family and your leaders and your loved ones into these prayers, it's, it's going to happen. God, if you can find a prayer in the word of God to pray over your family, put those names in there. So this lesson is also going to talk about how to put on the whole armor of God through prayer. And so the, an armor is, is useless unless you put it on, right? So when, when you put on that armor and you pray it over your children, your spouse, and in this lesson, we're going to pray it over our pastor. So armor is a protective covering. So we can cover our pastor and his family with our prayer. So we're going to see just how easy it is to pray the whole armor of God for our pastor. Let's look at Ephesians 6. Verse 10 says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Now, the whole armor is important because some of us, you know, we want the helmet of salvation, but we don't want the breastplate of righteousness. You know, you, pick, you can't pick and choose. You need the whole armor or you're not going to be protected. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, okay, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, let's get all in there, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we're wrestling against um, things we can't see, basically which is kind of like 
that mosquito that comes in your bedroom at night is like he will torment the life out of you or a fly. But you, you, can, you know he's there because you've sensed the presence. But we have got to understand we are not wrestling. You're not my enemy. Look at your neighbor and say, you're not my enemy. Look at your other neighbor on the other side and you're not my enemy. And now let me ask you, why are you struggling with each other? That wasn't even in my notes, so here, hello. <laughs> the next part of the scripture, verse 13, says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. So we're going to talk in verse 7. It says, Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So the first part of, of the armor is having our loins girt about with truth. So God's word, in the God's word translation says it this way. So then take your stand. Fasten truth around your waist like a belt. Put on God's approval as your breastplate. Now, a lot of times we... We are always worried about our righteousness and our um, purity and all that being what's going to protect us. But it's, the, it's his righteousness too, okay? My dad always used to say, take your stand because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. But one thing I want to say about truth before we move on here. Notice that the protection of the reproductive organs are covered by truth, Okay? Having your loins girt about with truth, that's where the reproductive organs are. And they need to be protected with truth because truth will hold that protection in place that ensures the process of new birth. We need new babies in Christ. We need to, to reproduce, right? So if, if we have our loins protected with truth, if we want this church to grow, we need truth to protect that birthing process. So we're going to pray this over our leadership here in a minute. We're going to pray the, the protection of truth. And then we're going to pray the protection of the heart because that breastplate of righteousness protects the heart, that pump that keeps the body alive. That's the breastplate of righteousness. So having on the breastplate of righteousness is not just us doing right, like a fence, you know, having a, a fence of protection, but it's also our... His righteousness is our defense. He defends us. He protects us. See, I want to insert something here. We, he already won. We are more than conquerors. I, I've said that so many times over my life. We're, you know, more than conquerors, of course. We've been made more than conquerors. <laughs> what does that mean? It means that truth has already triumphed. So we are more than conquerors. You know, when a king conquered uh, the enemy let's say you know if Judah conquered a country I can't even think of a biblical country right now my mind is blank all I can think of is Israel and Judah who was the, who was the enemy somebody Canaanites uh Persiaites <laughs> Jezites <laughs> come on help me give me some real words the Philistines okay if that king conquered that nation and then when his son came to rule, did he have to fight that nation again? No. He already had victory. He stepped into that kingship, that role as king, as a victor, more than a conqueror. So God has already fought and won the victory. All we have to do is live 
as conquerors live don't you know we can't go back and start setting up the idols like Israel did they would you know every time a king would do as the Lord said the next one his son would say but he did not follow after the Lord so we got to stay conquering so we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer right now. I have some people going to help me. I think uh, Brother George is going to be our first prayer. And he is going to pray. And we're going to pray with him when, as you see this come on the screen. And pray over our pastor for truth and righteousness. Pray, brother. Lord Jesus, I thank you that your eyes are on my shepherd. Your ears are attentive to his prayers. And your face is against those who plot evil against him. Don't let him compromise truth, Amen. but give him boldness to yes. preach the truth, no matter how the congregation responds. Amen. Give him deep convictions and more stands to reflect your holiness. Yes. Help him to be holy in every way. Yes. Show him that he is your approval, covering his heart like a shield, making him more than a conqueror. Amen. Lord, I pray that you would give him a discerning mind to recognize what is true and genuine as he leads this church. Yes. I pray, I thank you, Jesus, that no weapon formed against yes. my pastor will prosper. Amen. Yes. Let your angels around about him and his family. Amen. Amen. Every day of his life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Can we all worship and thank God for that. Lord, we thank Come. you for this prayer. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Pray in the word. Did you feel the power in the word of God? You cannot go wrong when you pray the word of God over your pastor, over your family. Okay, let's look at the next part of the armor, the, the gospel of peace. Verse 15 says, preparation of the gospel of peace. And let your feet be shod with a preparation of the gospel of peace, Okay. So if you look at that in the CEV translation, Common English, it says, your desire to tell the good news about peace should be like shoes on your feet. Now, I want to tell you something. Shoes are not a weapon unless you're a ninja. I reckon it could be a weapon if you're a ninja. Even your hands could be weapons. But we're not talking about ninjas this morning. But when it's, vital, it's vitally important. How many of you have ever served in the military and you know about your, your boots, that you, them shoes, you got to take care of them feet, right? And when they're in war, they have to keep their feet dry. I know when we send um, a gift box to our military from, from our church, we always make sure we send lots of socks because their feet need to be kept dry and clean. you got to take care of your feet. Make sure that you got the right shoes or boots. That's the foundation of the soldier's uniform. But I'm going to tell you something. Once a shoe is on your foot, Wherever your foot goes, that shoe's going, right? So when you have your feet shod with a preparation of the gospel of peace, you got to make sure your feet is going where peace is going to feel comfortable, right? You can't be putting on the, the preparation of the gospel of peace and then walking around arguing and fussing and cussing all day long. You need... Because wherever your foot goes, that's where that boot, that shoe is going. That's a side note there, too. The gospel of peace. Romans 10, 14 through 15 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? 
It is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. We need to pray for our pastor that he would have his feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Brother Downs, I think, is number two. He is going to come pray for our pastor for God to order his steps with the gospel of peace. Lord is my shepherd, spends time in prayer, guide his heart through your spirit. Let him know how much he is loved and lift up the hands of my pastor and his family. Remind them that you are their refuge and fortress and keep them in good health. Preserve their family time and cover their home in peace. Lord, give my pastor favor with his peers and keep him from comparing himself with others. In Jesus' name, I counsel all assignments of the enemy against my pastor and his family. Can we say that again? In Jesus' name, together. I cancel all All assignments assignments of the the enemy enemy against my pastor pastor and and his his family. family. Y'all, we are praying the word of God. Thank you, Brother Downs. We're praying the word of God over our pastor. You can pray this over your family, your children. Powerful, powerful concept. Now, the next part of the armor is the shield of faith. And the Bible says, above all, above all, take in the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Now, we need to backtrack a second and remember, how do we get faith? How do we get the shield of faith? So then faith cometh by hearing. We just read that, didn't we? And hearing by the word of God. So we need to make sure that we are hearing the word of God, that we are listening to the word of God, that we're reading the word of God. And now we're learning to pray the word of God. We have a third prayer warrior that's going to come and pray the shield of faith over our pastor. Sister, come ahead and pray. And y'all pray with her. And I know that you're feeling what I'm feeling when we're praying these prayers. Jesus baptized our pastor's mind and heart with faith. Faith to lead us to greater dimensions in your spirit. Lord, don't allow his confidence to be eroded by the constant resistance to your word. Don't allow frustration to discourage the vision you have given him for this church. Allow our pastor to fear you more than man. Let him hear your voice above all others. Amen, amen, amen. Can we say amen to that? And let it be so in Jesus' name. And the next part of the armor is the helmet of salvation. And also the sword of spirit is talked about in this passage And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Um, And the Good News Bible says, accept salvation as a helmet and the word of God as the sword, which the spirit gives you. So there's a lot of things involved right here. We have to uh, accept the salvation of the, the helmet of salvation. And salvation is something that we have. It's by faith we have to do it, right? We have to have... We have to repent of our sins, be baptized in Jesus' name, and be filled with the Holy Ghost. And so when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit gives us the sword, which is the Word of God. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, 
this book can, if you have, how many of you have read in the Word of God? I think Pastor mentioned this Wednesday night. Sometimes you read, and I'm telling you what, sometimes I really, um, I'm concerned because if you look, all, most of these authors in this book are men, and they tend to um, confuse me sometimes. I don't, I was like, oh, the wood that I could, that I should. It's like, come on, Paul, just spit it out. Tell me what to do here. It's like, there's, there's got to be a simpler way to say this. <laughs> so sometimes we got to pray and say, Lord, help, help me understand this dude. Because, like, obviously he was distracted and he kept saying the same thing over and over. And I just don't understand where he's coming from. Maybe he was hungry in that prison. I don't know. But it's like... Oh, the spirit, though. You can pray in the spirit, and you can pray, and then you can read it. It's like, oh, I see. I understand. And some days I feel like the, the good that I would, that I could, the should. It's like, oh, my goodness. I don't know what I'm doing here, but every, every time I try to do right, you know, evil is present. I get it, Paul. So prayer helps us understand the word and brother like pastor said Wednesday night that illuminates the bread that candlestick illuminates the bread so if you're having a hard time understanding the word of God it may not just be you you may need some illumination pray and ask God to illuminate for his spirit to give you so the sword is you know um it's dangerous there's there are pastors this morning that are going to wield this sword and they are going to cut and wound people. And they are going to basically tell them lies. And these people are following them. And because of this word that they are twisting and turning and not, they don't even have illumination. And they're trying to give that word out. They could cause them to be doomed. You can pick up this word and you can slash and slice. It's a double-edged sword. But when you have it, the spirit helping you with the word... You can use the sword. Sometimes we need things trimmed off and cut off. And we need to have things cut away from us. And sometimes we need to be, um, how many of you men lift weights? And it's like that, or even I think my granddaughter lifts weights. So women, I'm sorry, you, you're lifting weights. And so you, you injure your body almost, right? You go to the point of like, you start fail, your body fails. And then that's when you can it starts healing and that makes you stronger. A lot of times a broken bone will come back stronger because of the way it healed. So I'm not saying go hurting people, but I'm saying that sometimes you might don't use being wounded as an excuse for laying around like a, you know, bump on a log. You can take that wound and be healed and be stronger and better and wiser and all those good things. So the fourth prayer we're going to pray is we're going to pray over the, the helmet of salvation onto our pastor and the sword of the spirit. And Sister um, Kim, I think, is coming to pray the fourth prayer over our pastor's mind and heart. Okay. Your mic. Dear God, heal my pastor's mind of any grief caused by ministry. Amen. Give him a crown of beauty instead of ashes. Anoint him with the oil of gladness instead of mourning. 
Clothe him with a garment of praise instead of a spirit of depression. Let him know your plans to prosper him, to yes. give him hope and a future. Hallelujah. Order his steps in your word, Lord, and make his path yes. straight. Hallelujah. Bless my pastor with rich study time. Enlighten his eyes and let your word be his delight. Let him preach in the energy of the Holy Hallelujah. Ghost, admonishing us under anointing so Amen. strong and powerful that it will convert the lost yes. and convict the sinful. May we be presented to you holy and blameless as a result of our pastor's preaching. Amen. Can we say amen? So be it, Lord. Grant it. Let it be done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. These prayers are so powerful. And the last part of that scripture says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. There's a lot of alls in that passage of scripture there, wasn't there? All prayer and supplication, watching with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And our pastor has a big job, doesn't he? And this last prayer, we're all going to pray. We're, we're all just going to pray this together. And it basically says, Lord Jesus, I pray this protective covering, the whole armor of God over my pastor and his family today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Now remember that the armor is protective covering. You can cover your pastor and his family in prayer every day. You can pray the whole armor of God for your pastor on a regular basis. And I'm going to tell you that if, if we don't pray, the enemy will gain ground. If we distrust our cause, if we distrust our leader, if we distrust our armor, we give Satan an advantage. So praying always, that scripture is talking about it fastens the whole armor together and holds it in place. So I'm asking you today, will you please pray the whole armor of God for your pastor? And um, he's got your back. But who has his back? Okay, who has his back? How much, what time do we dismiss here? Okay, but I don't, I need to, okay. Uh, there's another concept I just want to touch on lightly because, um, and I don't have you know, slides for it, but I'm just going to leave this one up because I want to talk about who has your back. How many of you in here are filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, and trying to live a godly life, holy and separated? And I want, I want you to know that I'm, I'm not going to teach a, a, a conviction here today. I'm going to tell you just a concept of doctrine because a lot of us, if you look at the armor Okay, I'm just going to give you a hint of another part of the armor. I'm not going to go into a deep teaching on this. I don't have a lot of time. But if you look at the armor, notice every part of the body is protected except for one. And what part is that? The back. Now, we can go into theories about that. It could be that you're not supposed to ever turn your back on the devil. You know, that you're never supposed to retreat. But how many of you know sometimes that things can sneak up on you? And things can come in uh, to our homes, into our marriages, into our churches. And we need somebody to protect our back. And I want to just profess to you today that the ladies of Truth Chapel, you are that protection. I don't know if you realize this, 
But you can carry this protection. You can protect those in authority over you from the things that sneak up from behind. If you are in submission in this strategic area, you carry the rear guard. How many of you want to know what that protection is? Anybody? <laughs> if you want to know how to protect the head and the authority in your life, let me tell you that it goes way back. Let's look at the significance of a covering, okay? Ezekiel 28, 14, and 16 says, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of the earth with thee. Hang, hang on. With, hang, I lost my place. They have filled the midst of, the, of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Who is, who is this... Who was the prophet talking to here? Lucifer. Lucifer's main responsibility was the covering cherub that guarded the glory of God. He was an armor bearer of sorts. And when he was cast out, when he lost his job or his covering, God fulfilled the prophecy of Genesis and delegated Lucifer's lost estate to the woman. And 1 Corinthians 11, 10 and 15 says, For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head because of the angels. But if a woman have long hair, it is a glory to her, for her hair is given her for a covering. And we need some female armor bearers who will not tamper, tamper with that covering that God gave them. Because to Satan, it symbolizes everything he lost. He was the covering cherub, and now you have, the, you have been delegated that, um, that special opportunity to cover. The, you're the guardian, guardian of the glory. And God declared there would be enmity between the woman and the serpent. So I am so thankful that I have an opportunity as a woman to be the rear guard. Because my hair is given to me as a glory and a covering. Isaiah 58 and 8 says, Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily, and thy righteousness shall go before thee. The glory of the Lord shall be thy rearward. And so God's word Bible says, Then your light will break forth like the dawn, and you will heal quickly. Your righteousness will go ahead of you, and the glory of the Lord will guard you from behind. Isn't it a privilege to know that our hair can be a rear guard. When we don't tamper with our glory, we protect the men in authority over us, our head, as we bring a special anointing to their life. And um, our job as women armor bearers is to guard and protect. You know, we are not the leaders of our home if we have a husband, father in our home. We are not the leaders, but we can protect them and guard them from things that sneak in, secret sins, like rebellion and disobedience and vanity. So the men in authority over you would be your, your dad, your pastor, your husband, your father. Young men need wives that are going to bring anointing. Would, young men would, would want to have a wife that's going to bring an anointing into their home and protect their soul. So women, we can protect our entire family. 
We can protect our, our families and our pastor by guarding the glory. And just remember, when you pray the whole armor of God over your pastor, when you are a true armor bearer, you can also be the rear guard and protect and keep intact all the things that the anointing has placed on your home and family and your church. Brethren, don't you want a, a refreshing, don't you want to bring a refreshing to your pastor's ministry? Ladies, don't you want to bring a protection of the glory to your pastor's home and your own home? If you would stand with me this morning, let's just pray and pledge to God. God, I, I know you need an armor bearers. I know that the leaders need someone to have their back, someone to pray over them, someone to pray in our homes and pray over our children. There, if we don't pray, who will? You know, our elders are, they're dying. I mean, we have lost so many elders in the past two years in our ranks. Men and women of God who had such wisdom and knowledge and understanding of the word who is going to pick up that torch? Who's going to get into the word and understand it and rightly divide it? Your pastor and your pastor's wife need you to, to protect them, to pray the armor of God over them. Your family needs you to pray for them and put, put their name into the scripture that you're praying. Praying the word of God is powerful. And it is not something to just be, you know, this is just a touch of it today just to give you an idea. But I pray that you would just, if you have a need in your life, you will find a scripture that you can insert that um, name into. I, I like to pray when I pray over my children. I say, God, you promised me in your word that you would contend with him that contended with us and you would save our children. And that's the word of God. That's a promise. And when the word of God goes forth, it's sure. It's not my opinion it's not the, you know, it's not to be argued with. It's sure. So I can say, God, you promised me that you would contend with him that contends with us. And you would save my children. That you would save Brock and Court and Kyle. And you would save Amanda and Randy and Lorraine. And you would save Elijah and Courtney and Logan and Juliana and Sydney and Isaac and Lincoln and Judah and Parker. And the ones to come, you said, you said it, you said if I delight myself also in the Lord that you would give me the desires of my heart. My desire, Lord, is that my children walk in truth. The word of God is powerful. Insert those names. Insert those promises into your prayer through the word of God. You know, it's not just a, a Santa's wish list, a Christmas list that we go to prayer. We need to go to prayer with purpose and power, knowing that his word is sure. And his word cannot lie. <laughs> and if he said that he would contend, then he will contend. If he said that he would save our children, he will save our children. Aren't you thankful? Can we just praise him this morning? I love you, Lord. I thank you for your word. I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.